if you've been with us recently, uh, no matter what time you've, you've arrived, uh, you'll know that, that we've been going through what we're calling the, the Bible Engagement Program, uh, which is a curriculum we started back in October. We're going to be carrying it through uh, to the month of June. And it's just an opportunity to really dig into what God's Word says and let it not just be stories that we're reading about characters that lived thousands of years ago, but really engaging with it and understanding what that means for us today. So I, I encourage you this morning, uh, as we go through as we go through this this lesson, that it not just be a, a story of of what happened long ago, but really take time to to reflect on how this applies to your life. And this is something that we're not just doing here in the sanctuary as a, as adults. Our, our kids are doing it down in the kids' ministry wing this morning. Our student ministries are going through the same material on Wednesdays. And we have small groups available, as they mentioned during the announcements, to really take some time in a smaller, more intimate setting and, and really get to know what it is God is trying to say to us through his word. So this morning we are in volume five, session two, uh, and I've titled this sermon, Just What I Needed. Uh, so if nothing else, you'll walk out with that song stuck in your head, but hopefully you get more out of it uh, than that. Now, volume five is called Purposeful Living, and last week we did session one. Pastor Paul talked to us about uh, the story of David and Goliath, probably one of the most famous stories in the Bible. Uh, this morning, we're moving on to session two, uh, and that's the story of where Solomon chooses wisdom. And we'll, we'll get into you know, who this Solomon guy was, but he was uh, David's son, uh, and he became the king of Israel after David. Uh, so uh, if you want to get ready uh, for when we jump there in the scripture, you can put your finger in Second Chronicles chapter 1. Uh, That's where we'll be starting in just a few minutes. Uh, But before we do that, I know that everyone's probably dragging a little bit this morning, losing that extra hour of sleep. I want to make sure that everyone is staying active and engaged. Uh, And so what I've done, since we're going to be talking about Solomon and wisdom, I've got a, a quick activity to test your wisdom skills and kind of give you a chance to start, you know, getting the blood flowing through those wisdom muscles. I've got a couple of Uh, sayings that I think you guys are going to know. So we'll put them up on the screen one at a time, and there's blanks. And if you know how to fill in the blanks, you don't need to raise your hand or anything. We'll just call them out. We'll do this together. But just want to kind of go through a couple of these. uh, And like I said, get our our blood flowing and and be an active part of this sermon. So if we can put that first one up, uh, finish this saying for me. A penny saved is a penny earned. You guys got it. We got some wise savers in here. All right, how about this next one? Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Right. Also, don't look at pictures of chickens before you go to bed because that's a scary one. (laughs) All right, let's try this next one. The best things come to those who wait. Yeah, we don't always like that one, do we? Patience. Right, that's a tough one. All right, how about this next one? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah, a wise person once told me, an apple will actually keep anyone away if you throw it hard enough. So so use that or don't. I'll leave that up to your judgment. All right, let's do one more. Ah, you thought I forgot, didn't you? Here we go. This last one is our faith verse for the month. So Pastor Paul introduced it last Sunday. We should have all been working on this throughout the week. Let's say it together and see if you can fill in the blanks uh, that I've got up on that screen. Okay, let's do it together. 
In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. All right, let's see if we got that right. You guys nailed it. Good job. All right, so everybody's awake. Everybody is ready to go with this sermon. Uh, let's just uh, say a quick word of prayer, and then, then we'll get into uh, to this morning's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, that you give us wisdom not as the world gives, uh, and you don't ask for us to earn it, Lord, but you just give it as a gift. We pray that our hearts and our minds would be open to you this morning uh, and that we would be willing to hear what it is you have to say to us. And I pray that you would get all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so as I mentioned, we're going to be in Second Chronicles, starting at the very beginning of that book, chapter 1. Um, before we jump in there, let me just give you a little bit of a backstory so you have the context of what it is we're talking about. Last Sunday, Pastor Paul told us the story of David and Goliath, and we heard the story about David, that shepherd boy. He eventually grows up. He becomes the king of Israel. He reigns over Israel for about 40 years, and now he's coming to the point in his life where he is just getting too old to rule anymore, and his son Solomon uh, is appointed king to, to be that next king of Israel after David. So that's kind of where we are in the, in the history of Israel here. Uh, David uh, is towards the end of his life, and now his son Solomon has become the king of Israel. Uh, so let's pick up in verse chapter 1. It says, Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. So see, for the Lord his God was with him. And made him exceedingly great. So we already see this is not just something Solomon is doing on his own. Jumping ahead to verse 7. That night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. So just kind of place yourselves in in Solomon's spot for a minute there. Can you imagine, first of all, just imagine God appearing to you. But then also putting this offer on the table. Ask for whatever you want me to give you can imagine his mind would be racing with all of the things he could say. I know if I were in his shoes, I don't know exactly what I would pick. It would probably have four wheels and at least eight cylinders. <laughs> but, with, uh, but Solomon hopefully is a, is a little smarter than that. Uh, so let's, let's see what he says. Let's go uh, move on to verse, chap- uh, verse 8. Solomon answered God, You have shown great kindness to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. So we can see here, Solomon already kind of understands his place in this story and where he fits in. Yes, he's a king. He's not letting that go to his head and you know, the, viewing it as his own greatness that got him there. But he acknowledges that it's only the kindness of God Uh, that he has shown to David and the promise that he made to David, Solomon's father. And then he has put Solomon in front of this people that it says are as numerous as the dust of the earth. So he he recognizes where he fits into this picture. And recognizing that context shapes the decision that he's about to make when he makes his request. So moving on to verse 10, here's what, what Solomon asks for. He says, "'Give me wisdom and knowledge.'" That I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? That's pretty impressive. I don't know, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't know if, if I would have been that wise to ask for that 
to ask for that wisdom, but he understood the position that he was in and that there was nothing God could give him in that moment that would be more valuable than wisdom and knowledge to do the work that he had just been placed to do, which is leading this people of Israel. So now in verse 11, we see God's response. God said to Solomon, Since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had, and no one after you ever will have. And so here we see just how generous God is. He offers Solomon this opportunity to ask him for anything. And he knows that, you know, our human hearts can ask for all kinds of selfish things. We could ask for, for wealth or power or honor. And, and yet Solomon didn't ask for any of those things. He said, God, just give me wisdom to lead your people the way you know best. And God doesn't just agreed to fulfill that request, he adds all of this other stuff on top, all the other things that Solomon could have asked for, God promises to give, to give Solomon those things in addition. And what that reminds me of, you know, I feel like we've heard something like this before. If we fast forward all the way to the New Testament, the book of Matthew, uh, it, in Matthew chapter uh, 6, is part of what, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of Jesus' most famous sermons, probably. He's speaking to, to, uh, to disciples and to people who are, who are going to start following him. And he gives them this message. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And then fast-forwarding to verse 33. Here's the tie-in. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, all the other things that we could worry about in our lives, all of these things will be given to you as well. So you can see in the, in the book of Second Chronicles, we see the story of Solomon and we see the pattern of how God gives gifts to his children, meeting our needs, but then also lavishing all of these other gifts on top of us so on top of those things so that we don't need to worry about it. But jumping forward to the New Testament, we see that that was not just a story of the Old Testament about a guy who lived thousands of years ago. That is the pattern of the God that never changes, and that continues to be how he gives gifts to us today. So if we see this story in the Old Testament and we know that that is a pattern for us today, I think the smart thing to do here would be dive in a little bit deeper and, and really engage with what is happening in this story of Solomon so that we can understand not just what happened to him, but what we get out of that and how that applies to us. So I've got more blanks to fill in. So I'm going to give you, give you I've got four things that I want to talk about that we see how Solomon viewed wisdom. Um, and I'm not going to give them to you all at once because remember, the best things come to those who wait, right? We're learning. All right, so um, for Solomon, so looking at this from Solomon's perspective, his request was for wisdom. 
And here's four things I believe were true about wisdom for Solomon. First of all, wisdom was his greatest need. We see that in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 10, when he says, Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And I think a lot of times we hear these Bible stories and we picture, you know, these pious men with the fancy crown and the, and the long robes and they're, especially if we grew up reading King James very poetically, you know, for who can lead this great people of yours? But I think really what he was saying was, God, who can lead these people of yours? You know, this was a, an act of desperation. He needed help. I gave you a little bit of the backstory, right, saying that he was the son of David, of the famous David and Goliath. So already he had large sandals to fill. But, see that, yeah. <laughs> but, but let me give you a little bit more backstory, just so you understand the situation that he was in. So in those times, when a king passed away, the kingship should go to the oldest son. Solomon was not the oldest son. He was pretty far down the chain. He did have older brothers. He had an older brother named Absalom. Absalom tried to trick the people. He got an army around him. He tried to declare himself king of Israel. He was killed by Joab. Then there was a brother after that, still older than Solomon. His name was Adonijah. He tries to make himself king, gets a bunch of people behind him, and starts to, to do this big ceremony to declare himself king. He's killed by Benaiah. Then there's Solomon. He's just watched two of his older brothers try to become king and be killed. And the Bible scholars believe he was only about 20 years old. So if you can imagine this, the, you know, your, your late teen years, you're watching two of your brothers be killed, trying to become king. You already know that by tradition, you're so low on the totem pole, you shouldn't be the one ruling next. But God has made a promise to David that, they're gonna, that he is going to continue David's lineage through Solomon. And Solomon just has to take this on faith and acknowledge that, God, if, if I try and do this my way, I'm going to wind up looking just like my brothers who tried to do it their way, and they were killed for it. So his greatest need at that time was God's wisdom to say, God, if this is your plan that I'm supposed to be king, this is only going to work if I know how to do it your way. So first, wisdom was his greatest need. Secondly, wisdom was a gift from God. Notice that that God gave it as a blessing, not as a transaction. You know, in our, in our human minds, we like to make things very systematic. And even, even if you, have, you know, take a movie like Aladdin, right, where it's just this, this fictitious, rub the lamp, and you can ask the genie for three wishes. Even in that, we make it very rules-based, right? You get three wishes. You can't wish for the, you can't make your third wish to ask for more wishes. And, you know, we, we try and make it very transactional. You get your three wishes, the genie goes back in the bottle, it's done. But that's not how Jesus was interacting here. He was using this to bless Solomon. He said, ask me for anything. Solomon asked him for that one thing. God gave him that, but he didn't stop giving there. He continued with that heart of giving to say, oh, but I, I don't want to stop there. I also want to give you 
honor. And I also want to give you riches. And he just kept blessing his son because he loved him so much. This was given to him. It was nothing that Solomon had earned. Uh, He didn't, you know, pass all the right tests before God was willing to give him this. It was just something that God gave him as a gift. And so, you know, if we look in, in Matthew, I don't, have a, I don't think I have a slide for this one. I don't. Um, but in Matthew chapter 7, still part of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus tells his followers, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good, give good gifts to those who ask him? So you can see whether we're talking about the God of the Old Testament or the God of the New Testament, he is a God that wants to give good gifts to his children. We just need to ask for them. So again, for Solomon, this wisdom was his greatest need. It was given to him as a gift from God. Now this next one, it was a daily decision. So as I was preparing the sermon, I was, I was starting to wonder if I watched too many movies, but I was thinking that that the way God gave Solomon wisdom was less like the Matrix and more like the Karate Kid. So <laughs> let, let me explain where, I, where I'm going with this. If, if, I don't know if you've seen the Matrix or, or the Karate Kid before, but uh, the main character in the Matrix, Neo, when he learns how to do Kung Fu, they plug something into the back of his neck, they download the program into his brain, and immediately he knows how to do it, right? And a lot of times that's how we want God to answer our prayers. I want it to be immediate. Just plug something in. I want to know it, and I'll always know it. But I don't think that's what it looked like. I think it looked more like the Karate Kid, which if you ever watched the Karate Kid, uh, the, the boy, what was his name, Ralph, I think it was, he, every day he went to Mr. Miyagi's house, and he waxed his cars, right? Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. Every day he went in, he pissed Miyagi. Every day he got a little bit stronger. Every day he learned a little bit more from Mr. Miyagi. And it wasn't that Mr. Miyagi didn't give him this gift of learning how to do karate. He was giving very generously of himself, but he wasn't going to just give it as this instantaneous download. It was something that he was training the karate kid to do, training how to do this so that as the situations came up and as he was sparring in these meets, he would be prepared for what was going to face him. And God gave Solomon wisdom in that same way. He didn't just miraculously download the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, just bam, right into his head, and Solomon quick jotted them down. Solomon was the author of the, what we call the books of wisdom in the Old Testament, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, uh, but it was written over all of the years of his lifetime, and he actually alludes to this in Proverbs chapter 8. This is Solomon writing uh, words of wisdom to his sons, uh, and he is saying it from the perspective as if it were wisdom herself talking. It says, listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. So you can see the the picture there of what it means to seek wisdom and to really go after that is a daily thing. So you're watching daily at the doors of waiting to see what, 
use my Karate Kid example, what Mr. Miyagi is going to teach me today, right, waiting there day in and day out, making that decision of today I'm going to get up and I'm going to seek what's next. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to seek what's next. It's this daily decision and it's how we build that spiritual muscle memory of, in Solomon's case, it was wisdom. In our cases, we might be in different situations and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But fulfilling his greatest need came as a gift from God, but on Solomon's part, it was still a daily decision. And then my fourth point about wisdom for Solomon, it was for God's glory. So we talked a lot about what happened in Solomon's story leading up to when he became king and what happened right as he became king uh, with being given this, uh, this offer of wisdom. But I want to tell you a little bit about a story that happens years later. So Solomon has been ruling over Israel and he has been making wise decisions. He's been leading his people in a way uh, and all of the things that God had promised to him, the wisdom, but also the honor and the wealth, all of those things had been building up. And he had such a reputation, not just within his country, but around the the known world at that point in time, that people from other countries would come just to hear what Solomon had to say and just to see if the rumors that they had heard were true. So one of the most famous cases of that comes uh, in the book of 1 Kings chapter 10. And the, the queen of Sheba hears about Solomon's wisdom. So she makes the journey to Israel, to Jerusalem, where, where Solomon is. And she spends days just talking with him and asking him all of these questions and seeing what kind of answers he can give her. And this is her response that she says to King Solomon. She said, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told to me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom And here's the clincher. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. So the queen of Sheba, not a follower of the Hebrew God, even she recognizes that all of these gifts that have been given to Solomon were not anything to marvel at Solomon's ability for. She does not say, praise be to you, Solomon, who have done all of these great things and made all of these wise decisions and earned all of this wealth on your own. She says, praise be to the Lord your God. And so we see, in kind of completing that picture there, his greatest need is met. It's given as a gift from God, not something he earns. He has to choose to daily walk in it. And what it winds up doing is not glorifying himself, but glorifying God. And do you know what that sounds a lot like this morning? It sounds a lot like our faith verse, right? So we can go to that next slide. We see that we see his greatest need, a gift from God, a daily decision being used for God's glory 
And then in that same Sermon on the Mount, in the book of Matthew, Jesus tells us in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. And that's what it's, what it's all about this morning. We are called to, to walk out the deeds and the path that God has set for us. He gives it to us not because we've earned it. He gives it to us as a gift, and we choose to walk it out. And the pressure comes off of us because we are not doing this to build up our own empire or to build up our own kingdom, but we're doing it so that all of the attention and all of the glory goes up to our Heavenly Father. So this morning, uh, if the worship team could come up uh, and start to get set up, and the prayer team as well, I'd like to ask you this one reflection question. And it says, if you could ask God for one thing, what would it be and why? So for Solomon, we saw that that one thing that he asked for was wisdom. And we understand now that he wasn't just asking for that because it was the right answer or it was the spiritual thing to say. He was asking for it because that was his greatest need. So another way to ask this question this morning is, what is your greatest need? Maybe it is wisdom. Maybe you've got some tough decisions ahead of you. They could be decisions about family situations, work situations, relationships. Maybe you're in the same situation of Solomon and you're saying, God, if if this is where you've placed me, I don't know how to do this on my own. I need your wisdom to show me what to do here. I'm never going to be able to do this on my own. But maybe it's not wisdom. Maybe for you it's something else. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's healing. Maybe you need freedom from addiction or anxiety or depression. Whatever those needs are, God wants to meet them and not just make you earn them. He wants to to meet them for you as a gift. He wants to bless you with whatever that is that you need And all of the other things, like we heard in the the Sermon on the Mount, all these other things that we could worry about. Where am I going to find enough money to to pay the bills? Where am I going to find enough food to eat? What clothes am I going to wear? All of those things. He says, don't don't worry about any of those. Just seek me. Seek my kingdom. Let's walk this out together. And all those other things, I'm just going to take care of. Don't worry about that. So if if you're ready to accept the gift that will meet your greatest need? Are you also willing to walk it out daily? Sometimes we go through seasons of our lives where the hardest decision we can make in a day is the decision to get out of bed. Have you ever been there? I I know I have, where you're like, I I don't even want to start today. Maybe, Maybe you're there this morning and maybe you need, you just need that strength to say every day, I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to do this but I'm going to choose to just put both feet on the floor and walk out whatever it is God has placed here for me today. And lastly, know that when he gives you those things, it is not to burden you of this is the standard you have to meet and this is how you need to look for everyone else, but we're doing this all for God's glory. So as you you think about those things and as you wonder, what is my greatest need? There's one more option I'd like you to consider. 
that, that could apply to you this morning. I don't know where, where each of you are in your, in your faith journey, but the one thing you could be saying is, Andy, I don't even know who this God is that you're talking about. I need a relationship with him. I need to be saved from my own foolish decisions and trying to do things my way. If that's you this morning, we have the gift of salvation that God offers freely to us. In the, in the kids' wing, when we talk about this, we call it the best decision ever. And that is the decision to choose to follow Christ and to say, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and that I can be in relationship with you, and all I have to do is believe. And that is possibly the greatest gift he could give. It is our greatest need. And yes, it is something that we choose to walk out daily. So in, uh, in just a minute, the worship team is going to, to lead us in a song. And, and what I would like is for you to just use this as a time of reflection. You can sing along with the words on the screen, or if you need to just take some time uh, and sit in your seats and, and think about this reflection question and, and have some conversation with God, feel free to do either one of those. Uh, but we're going to we're going to sing that song, uh, and then I'll ask that the prayer team come up, uh, and then I'll, I'll close in prayer. And then if anyone wants to take that next step, whether it is receiving salvation or healing or wisdom or whatever that is that you've kind of worked through during this reflection time, there will be people here at the altar willing to pray with you on that. Uh, But for right now, I'm just going to step aside. We're going to let the worship team lead us in this song, uh, and then we'll come back together to close.